Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. Today's guest that I am uh, chatting with was just one of those conversations where it just felt really, I don't know, I got off of our off of our interview just feeling so calm, so at peace, so in a state of allowing. Uh, I really had this sort of energy, you know, transmutation, if you will, <laughs> uh, just talking to today's guest. And I think that you guys will probably experience the same. Her name is Marina Billinghurst, and she is an artist, designer, and author. Her entrepreneurial journey began after she moved to New York City at 18 and traveled the world before moving back to Canada to work in the fashion industry for almost two decades. Marina finally had the job, the husband, and life she thought she wanted, but one day something tragic happened, and the shattered dreams of being a mother made her fall depressed and really question what her purpose on this planet was. She picked up her paintbrush and she painted her way through her pain, sadness, and despair, and it started to lift off the page and fly away like butterflies. She found painting to be her ultimate healing tool, and she created a creative release ceremony. She soon discovered that the magic happens when you do truly let go. Now happiest when she's sharing her gift with others, you can find her in her studio most days, living on the internet, teaching her community how to paint, and fluttering around in her signature magical capes adorned in her art. And her book, Nine Magical Butterflies, A Creative Journey to Transformation, is to be released this fall. So, you know, I wanted to... um, just give that little snippet because I think it puts so many things into context in terms of what we actually talked about. And her story is truly one of like next level allowance and not just allowing, you know, of the beautiful unfolding of her business, but allowing for the really tragic things that have happened in her life that, you know, many, many people experience are experiencing and how she has moved through so much in order to truly get to this place of trust where she knows she's guided, you know, she finds peace in things that many people never would. And I think it really speaks to just who she is as a person, as an entrepreneur. And she just had this beautiful energy about her that I'm so excited to share with you guys. So without further ado, here is my interview with Marina Billinghurst. You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a business and manifestation mentor for modern entrepreneurs who know that deep down, there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the next level success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality that I desired, I went from teacher to 20 and $30,000 months in just two years in my online business. If there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe that you can become, create, and achieve anything you desire, and it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. Hello, Marina. Welcome to The Aligned Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I'm super excited to be here. I uh, can't wait. We were just chatting a little bit before we jumped on, and I just have a good feeling about (laughs) the way that we, you know, kind of view the world as business owners, aligned entrepreneurs, if you will. Uh, And I think this is going to be a great just organic conversation. So maybe you could just take a, a minute and introduce yourselves to tell, oh my gosh, let me say that again. <laughs> introduce yourself. Let us know who you are and what it is that you do as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Um, well, my name is Marina Billinghurst. Um, I'm an artist and entrepreneur. Um, I have an art company essentially called Art of Marina, which is just named after me because I make art. Um, and I never really knew what to call it other than my myself. So, um, mm-hmm. what I do is I paint things that make me happy. I, um, my background's fashion design. I graduated from Parsons in New York many years ago, and I worked in the fashion industry for almost 20 years. Um, before it came to a screeching halt when I got into a car accident in 2018. Um, and it basically just gave me a paradigm shift on as to my purpose on the planet. And I was working so hard for so many people. And when I had this ability to survive something so traumatic as that, 
I had a lot of healing to do. And in that healing, I sort of just realized that my purpose on this planet was to follow my heart and to do what made me happy. And that's essentially how Art of Marina unfolded. Oh, amazing. So what were you doing before? Were you Did you have a job or? Yeah, absolutely. I had a job as a creative director in the fashion industry. I was working in Toronto. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I basically was, I started as like a, a apparel, textile, print and pattern designer. And I worked my way up to creative director. So essentially I designed the outlook and color board mood palette for all the, the fashion collections that I worked for. And okay. I pretty much consider myself like a creative problem solver. Like what's the print story? What, who's the, um, the target market? Who's our demographic? What's trending um, visually? And print had such a huge play on that. And I always loved creating prints, like the fabric. Like I started as a designer where I was designing actual clothes. But as I grew, I realized I don't really have an interest in making the new pin tuck or, you know, the new seams that are like, you know, technical right. and complicated. For me, it was always about decorating the fashion, making a mm. print story, like telling the narrative and just giving it life. So that's where I ended up. And it is beautiful and romantic, uh, romantic as I'm explaining it. It still had, it was still a job and it was still something I did for somebody else. So right. there was always somebody else saying, nah, or like, we'll change this. And I, that's, I was emotionally attached to my work as a creative. Right. <laughs> So I just was like, you know, okay. And then I started to get, you know, more numb to the thought of other people judging my work and I just let it be for the paycheck. And that was my life. Right. Right. And so um, you talk about getting in an accident and what, like you said, there was a huge paradigm shift. Was it sort of like just a realization of like, you know, life is really, we've got one shot at it and what am I doing? Not doing what I love with it? Like what was that paradigm shift for you that happened? Yeah, great question. I mean, part of it was, oh my goodness, I've been given a second chance at life. Mm. So a lot of the fear factor, I mean, there was tons of fear, but a lot of it was like, what if I took a chance on myself because I've been given the second chance at life? What if I did what you know everyone says is taboo and left the security of my job and actually listened to this beautiful message from the universe saying, you know, why not give it a try? Like people like my work, like I've been praised for it. Like it's myself that didn't believe that it could happen because I was so stuck on paying the mortgage. Of course, we still have to do that no matter what, yeah. but having that secure job was almost like what I took instead of becoming Art of Marina and doing all the things that I want to do, my legacy. Yeah. So how long have you been now, like what did that transition look like? You just left and started doing your own thing. And how long ago was that? So that was two years ago now. I know it doesn't seem like that long, but I feel like I've been training for it my whole life. <laughs> so yeah. it was one of those things where, you know, my first business failed and that was right when I was like 21 years old, 22. Um, and it was, I basically picked up where I left off after working for so long in the industry. And I realized that when I first started my business, when I won a Vancouver Fashion Week Designer of the Year in 2003 or four, wow. I started a business and I was so young and, you know, I traveled overseas and I did all these things, which was so magical. But then I was like, wait a minute, this is too hard. I don't know what I'm doing. And I ended up going back to school, graduating and working in the industry for so long. But what I realized was that when this car accident happened and this opportunity happened, I just picked up where I left, where I thought I failed and I was like mm. ran away from. I went back there and I said, now what does Marina know? She knows so much more and she's not going to make those mistakes. And those mistakes were like real beautiful badges that I wear to say I did fail. But this yeah. is what I know now that I didn't know then. So I really am a person who really trusts the timing of their life to mm. say that I wasn't ready. I had a taste. And then I had to go back. And that's kind of been Art of Marina. Art of Marina is this like flower petal blooming because the beauty of it is that there's been so much of the world has thrown at me during this time of starting a business from a pandemic yeah. to you know restarting after a pandemic to now I've relocated and there's all kinds of stuff that's happening. Like there's fires every there's just so many things and it's like, okay, it's still hard. But it's, but it's right. And I know that I'm on the path I'm supposed to be on. 
And I really want to talk to you about what you're saying about trusting the timing of your life and intuition. Cause I think like this is, I mean, this is what the aligned entrepreneur is all about, like really trusting that unfolding. But I think learning what that feels like and how to navigate that is a journey for most people. Um, I first though want to just sort of get a sense of like, what does your business model mm-hmm. look like now? How do you, what is it that you are selling? What, how do people find you? What does that part look like? The, the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts and that's what's sort of going through a lot of transition right now. So let's go back to 2018. The car accident happened. I was at like a halting stop. I had no idea what I was going to do, but I was making, I had done a couple of art shows prior to the accident. So it's not like I got into the accident and then I'm like, Oh, I'm going to start a business. I had planted a seed and that seed, it was the only thing I could hold on to to heal during that time of healing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So a lot of things happened to me in that accident. So I basically just held on to this beautiful baby of business that I had, and I decided to make that my focal point. And it's art. So essentially, the foundation of Art of Marina and all the things I make is my painting. So I went back Mm -hmm. to that first and foremost when the doctors were trying to prescribe me with all kinds of pills. I, I took them and then realized, oh God, this is so not for me. And what I did was I found a spiritual healer and I went back to creativity as a healing process. So I I painted every single day to heal. Like I found that not painting a perfect portrait of somebody or, you know, taking on commission work, I painted to express myself. And that is where the healing started. So I realized that through the painting and I was showcasing my painting on Instagram and et cetera, people were like, oh, they felt that energy. So they Mm. were purchasing my artwork. And the paintings, when I was doing art shows, my background's fashion. So what I did was for my first art show, it was a kind of a big step for me. And my husband was like, you have all these paintings. They're not going to sell themselves in the garage. Do a show. So I still had my creative director job and I went and did an art show in Toronto, the Toronto Artist Project. And I wanted to wear something that matched my booth. So I made a duster. I made a kimono (laughs) to wear so I matched my booth and I wasn't wearing somebody else's print. And when I did that show, I, people were like, excuse me, um, where did you buy that? And then they're like, can, and then they're like, what you made? I'm like, yeah, it's my print. It matches my booth. And so I was taking orders. So I realized I had the art and then I had this commodity of making these, I called them magical capes. And what I did was I infused this like confidence because it's hard to, it's daunting to go to a big international art show and stand there with your paintings and be like, yeah, they're for sale. Like, oh yeah, I'm so cool. Like, no, you're like embarrassed. It's hard because it's like you're showing, you're wearing your heart in your sleeve. You're showing everybody your, your very personal stuff. And I had this magical cape on because I wanted to protect my energy. And what's interesting is I ended up selling more kimonos than paintings, (laughs) but I did sell quite a few paintings and people came to my booth and they were like, wow, this makes me happy. Your booth makes me happy because it's happy. I paint happy things. So now I have a business where I have paintings um, and I sell prints. And then I also have an apparel line, which is growing and changing. And it's, it's just two separate businesses. And so now I'm actually creating a line of clothing where all the apparel that I have is going to have its own name now. It's not going to be called Art of Marina anymore. So just because I wanted to differentiate the two, right. and I also want to potentially collaborate with other artists eventually so that we can infuse more magic into these garments. Well, I've looked at your Instagram and I I love kimonos. Like I just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have some that I've had for a few years and I just wear them constantly. And that was the first, I, I actually hadn't gone too far into like looking at, you know, I didn't at the time understand that they were obviously your prints. I Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, she's made these kimonos. But that was what I immediately went to is like, those are such beautiful prints. Um, Like just such, it's the kind of clothing you put on and then, yeah, you do just feel beautiful. You feel energized. Mm -hmm. You feel like you could just go and take over the world. So I absolutely love that. You speak about, you know, painting was healing for you. What, what does that mean for you? So I actually wrote a whole book about it and it's coming out in November because, um, yeah, there's just a lot behind painting for me that I didn't know until I just started writing a book. And basically I wrote like a bio because that's another thing that you go through some weird stuff when you're, when you face death. Mm. And for me, it was like, what the hell is my purpose on this planet? Like I've survived. So I went back 
And during my healing process, I started to write like my biography, essentially. I started to write like, who am I? And and it just turned into this book. But what I was doing on the side was I was taking this program that I had, this healing program of like spiritual guidance. And what I did was I learned how to do a release ceremony, which for me was so healing because obviously when you choose to live a very fulfilling and positive life, you got to let go of a lot of things that you can't, Mm -hmm. you know, you have no control over. So I learned how to do a release ceremony and it changed my life. But one of the things I had to do for myself, it's like, you know, you get a recipe for your friend's banana bread, but you want a little more salt in it. So you do that. You want a little more chocolate Mm -hmm. chips. So I did that with this release ceremony was I'm like, oh, it's only going to be a release ceremony for me if I actually paint. So some people Mm. write a letter and burn it. What I do is I take the things I want to let go of or the things I want to achieve and I infuse them into the painting so that they symbolize the things that I need at that time. So I created a painting release ceremony essentially. And what I did was on my healing journey, I ended up painting nine butterflies. Like it's, I, and I had no rhyme or reason. I just started with the first one and it was like freedom. I wanted to be free. I wanted to let go of all these things that I couldn't have. Um, just to be very clear, I, when I was in my car accident, I was pregnant with twins and oh. I lost the pregnancy. Oh my gosh. So that wow. was, that was the hardest thing. And I'll let me tell you, my husband and me went through a lot of struggles and we finally had a healthy pregnancy. So when I lost that pregnancy, I was really screwed up Yeah, and it took a lot of healing, but that was the first thing I had to let go of the fact that I had no control over. That's the one thing as women, we can take the vitamins, we can have a doula, we can do all these things, but we really we really have no control. I believe every child born is a miracle and how it happens is so, it's like a divine intervention. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm at the point where I trust that the right thing happened and I'm okay because I've taken so much positivity from it, but painting was the kind of the guide for me. So it went from freedom and then it, the next butterfly that I painted was, okay, love myself, even though I can't have children, even though I lost maybe my the only children I'd ever have. Mm. I still have to find a way to love myself and forgive myself. And then I just kept going and I and I basically just created I I didn't even know I had finished when I got to the ninth one, but I did. So then I used the art to create positive reminders and love for myself even though I had a hard time finding it. The pills numb temporarily. You know, little things work for short amounts of time, but when you put the intention and and you can do it in many ways, but for me, it a hundred million percent was painting. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm emotional listening to you. And I just like really want to acknowledge, you know, like I love what you're sharing about your spirituality and your trust. And I really want to dive into that with you, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you get to forego the human side of going through something as tragic as that and the fact that you're able to sit here and talk about it and talk about you know the ways in which it has influenced your life mm-hmm. in in yeah such profound ways but i'm really resonating with what you're saying i always i always say to my guests and my audience like i have the perfect people on the podcast at the perfect time and mm-hmm. i have a team member who does a lot of the you know finding the right people for the podcast and setting up the dates for when i'm going to interview you and stuff like that so Often, though, I've done my own research. I don't actually know exactly who I'm gonna be ta- yeah. or like what it is that they're all about. Like, and I kind of like it that way. I like it to be this surprise where I get to like experience and discover the interview as my audience does as well. So, I'm really, really resonating with you know you talking about just basically this next level of trust and the whole thing about trusting the timing of your life. Like I just, just those words have this impact on me of like, you know, relief and release. And Mm -hmm. I would love to know from you, you know, what, how were you able to access that, that like such a profound level of trust and faith, um, and allowing in your life, especially in the face of such adversity? That's a really good question. And sometimes I don't know I really, I don't Mm. even know because I go through, I'm human, right? And I go through waves, but I made a pact with myself and I, 
it's like one of the main things I have is no negative self-talk. And Mm. when it comes back in, you just have to nip it in the bud right away. Mm. But I went through many different um, phases of healing. And when I learned that we have this other voice in our head, you can either kill the voice and tell it to go away, or you can love that voice. Mm. And you can have conversations with that voice and work it through. And that's one of the things that worked for me in the long run was like nurturing that inner child, that person inside of you that doesn't believe that comes back and hurts you, um, that tells you you're not good enough. You have to make a, you have to make a relationship with that person as weird as that sounds. That's what worked for me when you squat it and squash it and tell it to go away and bury it. It never goes away. It comes back. Yes. So, but what's crazy and what really worked for me and I had this spiritual like divine moment was writing my book. And I tell people that I talk to now, write your bio. Because when you go back through your ages and you write your bio, you discover a lot about yourself that you didn't know because you when you actually have to write chapters in a paragraph, write your book. I actually right. unfolded so many things about myself that I had no idea were there. And that's when I started to really understand spirituality was because we are so numbed. We are so muted. We turn the volume down. We tell these voices to go away. We're not listening to ourselves. We're helping our children. We're helping our parents. We're helping our boss. We're not helping ourselves. But during the pandemic, when I took the time to like legit write my book, I found out that painting healed me since I was a child Mm -hmm. and I never really succumbed to it because of pressures of money. And yeah, I chose art as my, my fields, but I didn't really choose art to heal myself. I chose it to monetize, to make big, huge companies money. But when I did it to heal my soul and I handed that to somebody else to heal them, that transaction gave me goosebumps that no mm. amount of money that somebody wrote a check could ever give me. It was that real magical transaction of, you know, like butterflies resonate with a lot of people and they symbolize other life. They symbolize ancestors. They symbolize peace. They, they symbolize hope. They symbolize so many things. So when you paint with somebody or give somebody your art and, and they, they are electrified and feel that comfort, that's where the magic happens. And I started teaching paint therapy also during the pandemic, free online. And I saw people come out of the woodworks and just say, oh my goodness, they were writing me messages saying, thank you so much. You have no idea. I haven't painted since grade two, since kindergarten. I didn't think I could. And again, it's not to paint the most perfect thing, but it's just the process. Yeah. So my background is visual arts as well. And I actually was a high school art teacher. Amazing. And I always say to people about painting and art, like I, one of the first um, teaching jobs I had, well, the first teaching job I had was with, uh, in Australia with children with special needs. And I learned so much from them watching them create art because they had no, they did not care about what it looked like in mm-hmm. the end. They were a hundred percent process, a hundred percent being present in the moment and enjoying it. And it's like, isn't that just the best metaphor? Not just for other people to embrace art, because I believe we can all be artists. You know, it's yeah, this yeah, obsession absolutely. with, yeah, it's this obsession with like, but what does it look like at the end? It's like, mm-hmm. but who cares if it felt good when you were doing it? Absolutely. Right? So yeah, I just love what you're like that energy going into that painting and then it finding like, there's a lot of trust just in that, like that painting is meant for someone and they're going to find it and they're going to know it and it's going to resonate with them. And I Mm -hmm. get to be a part of, you know, a very integral part of that, that energetic exchange, so to speak. And isn't that what being an entrepreneur is all about? It's exactly the same thing, but in in like a deeper level. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Um, what I want to know, what is your book called? So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty clear. The book's called the nine magical butterflies. So basically it's, it's a buy and it's, it's so interesting because I swear, like it all just kind of came together. Like I didn't intend on any of this and it's still, it hasn't even come out yet. But when I went back and like read it, I'm so proud because I really was able to dissect my life and how each of these butterflies were a pivotal and transitional 
part of my life, even though they were all painted between 2019 and 2020 or 2018 and 2019. And what unfolded in the book was some more trauma that happened to me when I was younger that I had buried so deeply. So when I would go back to the spirituality, like I, I had some other trauma that happened to me when I was like 10 years old. And I didn't know. I buried it so deep that I had no idea until I wrote the book. And then I had like, I practically had an exorcism when I wrote this book. And I had to call my mother crying and be like, Mom, like, sit down. She's like, What's wrong? And I'm just like, I don't even know how to even tell you this, but this happened to me. And um, I had buried it so freaking deep that I thought I was, it didn't happen. I just thought, Oh, you know, it just didn't happen because it's so far gone. Like, no one knows. But I knew, and I knew because there were moments in my life when it would come to the surface and I would just, again, brush it away, but it made me paralyzed. It made me, it gave me fear of like, I'm never good enough. I'm, you know, I have all these issues. And as soon as I wrote it out, released it and shared it with my family, I felt my wings like Mm. come out of my body. And that's when I knew that that's where the spirituality lies. The more we declutter, the freer we're going to be. It's, uh, I say this all the time in, on the podcast and mm-hmm. to my clients, but it's a, uh, like what I'm hearing as you're saying this is the whole premise of feel it to heal it. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like through your art and through the book, you were bringing things up to really, exp- like to really f- become acquainted with them. And I think that's what healing is. Mm-hmm. So I just really love the, just the avenue of art, whether that's, you know, creative writing or physical paintings or just creating something that you put out into the world that's an extension of you. And I think it makes, I hadn't ever really considered it, to be honest, like the idea of healing through creation, which yeah. uh, it makes so much sense to me. <laughs> right? so having, me having this conversation with you, I'm like, my gosh, yeah. Because one of the things I've really leaned into this year for my own healing is just feeling things like yes. letting myself cry, letting yes. the anxiety come up. Like, Cause as you know, you know, we have a tendency as you were saying to brush it off, to push it down. Um, and for me, this has been the year of, of feeling things, but I've not actually like connected the dots between that process and creation, mm-hmm. but they actually make such like, it's, it's makes so much sense to me. <laughs> I know. Especially when you're creative, like we need that yes. release. You need that release. Like when I don't paint for like a week, I start to twitch a little. And (laughs) um, when I had breakups in high school and my best friend moved away when I was a kid, what did I do? I painted. I painted this huge sunflower wall in my room. My mom came in. She's like, what? And I was like, I'm sorry. Like I just, and she was like, it's beautiful. And it was my sadness because me and my best friend from elementary school, like we loved sunflowers and I painted that when she moved away. So it was just like, that was my way of healing from pain. Always, right. always, always, always. But I didn't put it together until I actually wrote a book. And I realized that the deepness of that pain can actually be healthily healed. And, and that's how I numb it. I stop thinking about it and I start painting. Like a lot of people work mm-hmm. out, they're like yogis. They right. find different ways to like channel that hurt and that energy. And I use art and I forever will. Right. Um, that's just all, it's beautiful. I'm just Thank like, what am, I need to go paint because <laughs> I haven't in a while. And yeah. there has been, you know, it's been, I was just saying on a live stream earlier, like the last year and a half has brought everybody's shadows to the surface mm-hmm. in one way or another. Right. Um, so yeah, I just love that. Like rather than trying to get to the bottom of it all. And like, I think a lot of the time we overthink our healing yes. and really it's about being there for yourself and with yourself. I couldn't agree more. And bringing like the pen, like when we said timing, right, we talked about timing and stuff surfaces when it surfaces and right. we have to trust that too. And the pandemic happened when it happened, but and it's hard. It's still very hard, yeah. but I don't, if the accident didn't happen, would I ever have written this book? I don't know. Um, what I found that I needed a spiritual healer to guide me through my really deep sorrow of infertility and struggle and loss. I don't know if I, if I had my children were born and I never quit my job and that's like, where would I be now? Right. It's, there's no way to really understand other than to just accept it for what it is and take the good out of it. So the pandemic, yeah, it sucks, but it's here. So what are we going to do? Are we going to fight it with our fists? Are we going to embrace it? 
And that's what we've been doing. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's like, I don't want to fight. I actually don't even right. want to know how politicians are dealing with this stuff and what's yeah. going on because I, I'm one tiny voice and I can't change anything. All I can do is live my best life. And that's, I think, how we do change that. Like all that we have um, control over is our own energy, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't make anyone happier by committing yourself to struggle. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, uh, ding. <laughs> yeah, which I think is like just so ironic about, yeah, I mean, on any topic, but I think it's all just been under a microscope the last, uh, or amplified rather over the last year and a half of, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to fight this because everybody, we've been as a race, you know, as a human race, we've been fighting this <laughs> as a species, as a world, like rather than looking at, I don't know, it's the, what you resist persists, right? Is the fight working? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really feel like it. <laughs> Anyways, but I, know, uh, I, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And I mean, back to what you were saying just about like the, a lot, like, because we each have our own journey to navigate within the face of all of this resistance coming up, coming at us from like, so what does that look like for each of us? You know, some of us like to be very involved in what's going on. Some of us, I know for me, the news doesn't do good things for me. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, And actually I've been the, I've felt the best over the last year and a half when I am creating. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And actually I wanted to ask you because it sounds very much like your book was something that was channeled for you. Um, like it, it revealed things that you hadn't even really known were there to the extent that they were. What does that sort of energetic way of being feel like for you? It feels very, um, present, Mm. finding focus. One of my biggest struggles even when I had my my big job or whatever, is just managing time, being organized. But when you surrender to healing full wholeheartedly, focusing and and being present is the one way to embrace, feel, let it hurt, let it go, but be present. When we're not focused on what we're doing, we're never going to be successful. We're never going to really understand anything because we're not fully focused. Mm. So for me, it's all about focus, presence, sticking to my genius zone, asking for help when I need it, not being afraid to fail, and growing in the right way. And sometimes that hurts a bit. But when it hurts, it means that something's changing. And most of the time, it's for the better. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it in the <laughs> I was just talking about this with a good friend of mine this morning of like, you know, we know that it is all in our favor, even if it really doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, coming back to what we're talking about in terms of trust and flow and allowing, how does that show up for you like within your business decisions? Because it does sound like the whole thing is kind of just very organically unfolded for you. Um, and it's been sort of just like a day by day, week by week sort of allowing of it. What does, cause I know like we talk a lot on this podcast about manifestation, which is very intentional, right? This is what I want to create and this mm-hmm. is what I'm going to think about. And I don't think that there's necessarily one right or wrong way. I think there's different ways of approaching your business and you have to choose the one that, that feels most, most true and most freeing for you. And the, what I'm getting from you is just a real, almost like state of surrender. Like you're creating it. You are the one taking the action, but it's in this very, you know, divine flow that you've allowed for. This is a really great question because yes, I'm very like, I'm an artist, so I'm very Mm -hmm. free and I was fine to work for somebody else who told me what to do, but, but I was still free to be creative. Now I have my own business, right? So now it gets a little tricky. Because in order to grow, I have to start trusting people. I have to mm-hmm. start putting money in people's hands to get me places that I believe I need to go. But I, I only I know, only I know where I want to go, and only I have the vision to get me there. And when I talk to other entrepreneurs, it's like they know what their vision is. So if they're the creative director, and that's their vision, they need to find the people to help them get there. 
you can't do it all. You'd fail as a project manager because you cannot do it all. So I'm at the point now where I'm trying to be a really smart business person. And the first thing I wanted to do was get organized. So when I realized I had something here that people buy and they, mm-hmm. they like, I needed to figure out how to profit and how, like, how to charge them. So, and how to organize my business. What are my roles and where are the roles that I can get help with? So the first thing I did was by the fate of the universe, I met this beautiful woman named Jane and she had walked into my store and turns out she's a, organ, a business organizer. So I ended up taking her program. We've had Jane on the podcast, actually. Amazing. Jane is yeah. an amazing human. And she is just so smart with her business and money. She's just so smart with it. There's no there's no need to be emotional when it's money. It's like, the, right. this is your vision. This is what you charge. This is what you make. This is where you need help. Let's get it done. And if you really mm-hmm. believe you can be here, we'll get you there. But you need to now organize it. So I'm at this crossroads now where... I have to bring people in to get me where I need to go. And that's been really hard. It's not like as easy as my creative energy and my trust in the universe and the way I wrote the book. I come up with creative ideas all day, every day. But when we get into the spreadsheets and the projections, (laughs) that's when I start to feel kind of like shaky and I take gravel (laughs) and you slide down. My head hurts. (laughs) But it's finding the team. So I I trust that these people that are coming into my life are the right people because I have failed with people before and I do I'm you know I'm I'm not 20 years old anymore I'm I'm now at the point where I ask the questions and I'm smarter stronger and wiser. Mm. Okay so I'm loving this I love that it, you said Jane just walked into your business is that what you said? Oh gosh just- like I have the tiniest teeny teeniest little store <laughs> okay in the Okanagan. Like we're talking it's so small, like no one's been there. <laughs> but my brother owns Three Sisters Winery, which is this beautiful, amazing winery. And I happened to be, like when the pandemic happened and I had to pivot, I was in Toronto, didn't have a job, I've invested in all these markets, everything's canceled. I panicked. Yeah. And my brother was like, you know what, Marina? The winery's open. BC's a lot better than Toronto right now. Why don't you come here and and take over this little barn on my property and, and work out of there, you know? He's like, he, he's always, like, my brother's amazing. He's always put his hand out and extended, like, let me help you. So sure enough, I schlepped my stuff across Canada in my car with my dog and cat. My husband stayed in Toronto and kept his job for the time being while I figured out what I was doing. And I opened up this little pop-up shop and did pop-ups at the winery. It saved my business and life. <laughs> you have no idea. So. I randomly had these girls come into the shop one day on a, they were riding their bikes and they stopped in. And one of the girls was this amazing girl named Christina who happened to be in the Marilyn Dennis audience and received one of my kimonos because I was part of the Marilyn Dennis Christmas (laughs) giveaway. So this girl's like, Marina, oh my God, I have one of these kimonos. And she was freaking out and Jane is her friend. So Jane was like, what is all this about? And like, who are you? What, what's happening? So I showed them my art and my space and I just connected with every woman that was in there. And then I followed Jane on Instagram. We connected and then she made, I just started following her and I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman has got her shit together. <laughs> I'm like you as well, where it's like that stuff just, I know it's necessary, but ugh, it's ugh. Just- <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> but I, I love that story, the, just the synchronicity of that. Um, how did you get your kimonos advertised on the Marilyn Dennis show? So this was all, again, just divine timing. Right. So I did one event. Like, honestly, I, I'm i like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's happening. I you know, ordered all the silk and I made all these dusters. And then I went to this one event. And I'm telling you, I was like, oh no, this isn't going to work. I don't want to like say the name of the place or anything, but it was like, it was the wrong demographic because these are luxury, beautiful items. And this event I did was at this place that like didn't have the budget and people were like trying to bargain with me, kind of mean to me, telling me I'm way too expensive. And I was just like, oh gosh, I'm, I screwed up. And I felt really low. Like I was like, I, this isn't going to work. And then I got a call at the 11th hour 
And this woman calls, uh, Instagrams me on it, on, on my DMs. And she's like, we're, hi, I'm from the Toronto Business Babes. We're throwing this event at the, um, can't remember what the hotel was right now, but do you want to do this show? And I was sitting on the couch, like defeated because I just done this event <laughs> and I, ba- I barely sold a single duster. I mean, I sold the artwork, but I didn't sell any dusters. And, and pe- I actually ended up selling a few for like really cheap because I just, needed to make a sell. Like I was such a loser yeah. that day. <laughs> and it was like three days. And even my assistant who had done the one of a kind show and stuff with me, she was like, Oh God, like this is terrible. And I'm like, I'm, I'm screwed. So I ended up, I was so tired. I was exhausted. I felt like crap. And I got this offer and I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I went and it was the best day I've ever had in my life. All these influencers were there. They all purchased kimonos from me. I didn't have to like give them anything. (laughs) They bought them. I didn't even know who the birds of fire was, but she bought kimonos from me. And then she like tagged me on Instagram and I like, I like fainted. I'm like, what? (laughs) This girl who was hanging out with me for like an hour is this big of a deal. And she's like posting them. And then I got all these followers and then that's when the floodgates opened and I got asked to do a bunch of things. Um, and it was amazing. It was really amazing. But again, I didn't know the the business side as much as I would have liked to. So that's been the slow, slow learning curve here. Right. Oh, I, I just love those those kinds of stories so much. I've been uh I don't know if I've said it on this podcast yet, but I've been leaning more into, you know, I've I've heard it described a couple of ways, like less manifesting, more miracles or Mm -hmm. less control, more magic, Mm -hmm. right? Because as much as like we create our realities, I think with that also comes this expectation that we should just be able to like make it happen exactly the way we want it to, when it's going to, you know, like when we want it to happen by, and it just doesn't work that way. And I think in the need to control, we actually cut ourselves off of a lot of those, like you couldn't have tried to make any of those things happen, right? All those dots connect to get you to where you're at. Um, And that's why they did. Oh my gosh. You're so, you're completely hundred percent accurate with that. We can manifest, we can envision, but we don't know who's going to walk in our lives. And it's all about the people we meet and how they connect us to the next person. Jane has connected me to so many people since I've connected with her and all the people that have, that have met me and felt my product, they're the warriors that get me to the next level because they've seen it. They've seen me. They believe it. Instagram ads are Instagram ads. They reach people, but those people don't know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a person and, and you know, you can target people through advertising and yeah, that that's a great way to, to, to grow your business and to get more, more eyes on your brand. But what's really the strongest foundation is the connections you make with people. Yep. And that's the real proof, the realness, that the presence, the experience, that's the truth. And I think um, one thing I just want to like reflect here, because I talk a lot to people about, you know, it matters so much how you feel about what you're putting out into the world, because that's ultimately what is going to be reflected back to you. So, you know, especially in sort of like the coaching community where a lot of people are creating courses and stuff like that, there isn't this like level of love and passion for the content that they're creating, for the product that they're putting out there. It's sort of like, well, I really know that I want this level of freedom and I want to impact people in this way. So I'll create a course that I think will sell, right? Or create a digital product that I think will sell. Whereas when I'm listening to you, there's such an obvious amount of love and passion and energy around the actual product. You know, if you can even call it that, the art that you're putting out there into the world, you love it. And that's why these things line up for you to help you get it out to the lives of more people. That's so true. I completely agree again. And the reality is, is maybe when, you know, you said you have your assistant who helps you find the right guests for your podcast. So that's amazing because you're so busy making this podcast come to life and doing all the things you do in your genius zone to be Lauren and to do those things. So you need the help. And I know that my business will grow and those ads will come once I find that team to help me. But I can't create that. Like I'm just the person who, who wants to do these paint ceremonies and who wants to heal people through art. 
and who wants people let go of all the, the lies they're telling themselves and who wants to help women feel beautiful wearing luxurious fabrics with sustainability in mind and originality. Like that's what I want to do. Yes. That's your, your zone of genius. And I'll say for me, cause I get, you said like, you know, learning how to hire people and ask for help. It's been a hundred percent something I've allowed for. Like I've gotten clear on how to, the people that are helping me in my business, who are they? You know, how does it feel to have their support? How is it, how committed are they to showing up in a certain way? You know, what's our relationship like? How much respect am I giving them? And I get really clear on that feeling. And I've hired quite a few people with just that, like, like they've shown up in my inbox or like, mm-hmm. you know, I've never put out like an ad for specific people or any, <laughs> yeah. nothing, none of that. Um, and it's interesting to me looking at like the ways in which I'm able to trust, like it was intentional. I was like, this is what I want. This is the type of person that I want to help me. And I'm just going to give it over to you. And then within like a week, like that person is in my inbox or like I'm being connected with them through somebody else or like something like that. It was never me. I didn't really trust. I didn't want to try and control anything about the people because I knew that the universe knew better. <laughs> and so and it's just interesting. Universe. Yeah. Right. And it's, I'm like, so why Lauren, do you feel the need to control anything in your business or in your life, you know, rather than just always taking that. But I think this is the journey, right? <laughs> and the journey is the funnest part. Like yeah. we all have this goal of where we want to go and we, some get there because they stay true to their why and their purpose. Um, but if we just got there, and we didn't have the journey, would it feel good? Would it taste good? Would we appreciate no. it? No. Like we have to remember all the hoops and and bounds and all the things we had to go through to get there and all the lessons we learned along the way. And the longer it takes, sometimes the more delicious it is in the end, right? Like true. I mean, it really is. I know people hear this all the time and I know like I hear it sometimes and I'm like, yeah, but I just, I want the thing. I want the thing and I want it now. Yeah. No, I hear but you. At the, at the end of the day, like I've I've gotten the thing many, many, many times, and it's it's satisfying for like you know a very short period of time, and then there's something else <laughs> that you want, and we want what we want because there's an evolution in the acquiring of it, and that's the thing that we're actually called towards. Um, that doesn't mean we don't want to, you know. I think there's especially for women to decide that they want to create more freedom for themselves, whatever that looks like, that is a beautiful thing. And um, all for people, you know, living life by their design. But um, I don't know. I'm just present to what you're saying, like this, this level of energy and belief that you have about what, like the work that you're putting into the world. And that feeling of like, like you said, butterflies when someone decides to make that purchase. Yeah. And I, I feel that truth in the journey of, of why I'm doing what I'm doing versus picking a career because, mm-hmm. oh, I know I'm going to have that to make money and I'm going to have money, but am I going to be fulfilled? I did take a chance. I, and I, every day I'm figuring out how, how it's going to work out, but (laughs) the universe and that pull of like, wow, like this is my legacy. Art is the most beautiful thing on the planet, whether it's a movie that changed your life or um, somebody's bio that turned into a film that it can inspire people for the rest of their lives. Um, Art, like actual paintings that have surpassed the, the, the strength of time and the length of time and, you know, the beautiful things people have created with their hands that have changed the world. Songs. Can you imagine if we didn't have music as a soundtrack of our lives? Like those people most likely didn't say, I'm going to become a painter because I'm going to be rich or I'm going to be a musician because I'm going to be so wealthy. They did it because they had an idea come to them and they pulled out their guitar and they wrote a freaking riff and they sang a song and they wrote lyrics. Like, I'm sorry, but if Bob Dylan and Neil Young, you know, chose their career based on their voice, they probably wouldn't have been pop stars, but they wrote lyrics and their their voices are original. They're true artists. You know what I mean? Yes. And they changed the world and they got to see it. But a lot of artists have done stuff and they never lived to see the success like Van Gogh and so on and so on. Right. They were in it for the journey. In it for the journey. And I feel like yeah. more people, I mean, we do need this world to function. We can't all just be like 
artist running around aimlessly well, on I'm, this journey. I'm so grateful that there are, you know, accountants and dentists Me and too. people that like, I'm really grateful that people are drawn to those. <laughs> yeah. And, but they make it possible for artists and entrepreneurs yes. to be successful. So thank goodness yes. for all those beautiful careers out there that people do have. And thank goodness for the artists that are staying true to themselves and changing the world. We all have a place. We just have to trust that yep. place. Oh, I love that. Um, I, yeah, I, it's just resonating so much. And I know every time we, ha- I have someone on and we end up talking about just more of a state of allowing, you know, it, I always get such a response from these types of episodes because I think that's what we're all wanting, just permission to let go of control a little bit more, right? It's our desire to control things that I think really takes us out of the present. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, that's the gamma thrown down right there. <laughs> so, um, just sort of one last question for you. Yeah. I really loved this talk. Uh, talk. Thank you so much for being here, Marina. But I like to ask people, I like to ask guests, you know, is there anything that you would love, perhaps a practice that you put into place or just a perspective that you hold, anything that you'd like to leave our audience with today? I'd like to put people on the spot and see what they come up with. <laughs> Um, I think I'm going to go back to what I mentioned before about just self-love and and just be mindful of negative self-talk. No matter what yes. it is you do in this world, you are amazing. You are beautiful. You are capable. Don't let your mind play tricks on you. Just trust that what you do is supposed to happen and believe in yourself first and foremost, because if you do, people are going to believe in you too. Yes, I couldn't agree more. So <laughs> I'm going to put the links for all the things down Great. below, but I just want to ask you, where can people find you and connect with you, look at your art online? So the best platform is Instagram, mm-hmm. Art of Marina. Um, it kind of links you to all the other places. I have Perfect. a website and all the things too, but it's all at Art of Marina Instagram. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much. I really enjoy, I just, I mean, I always joke that like these interviews are actually for me, but they're not for the audience. They're for everybody involved. It's a co-creation and uh, I just really appreciate your wisdom, your energy, and your time today. Thank you so much. And same with you, Lauren. Thank you for having me. I really feel blessed and honored that you took the time to speak with me today. Thanks again. Anytime. Anytime. Okay. Amazing. Thanks so much guys for listening and I'll chat with you next time. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or you got value from it, it would mean the world to me if you'd share it on your Instagram stories and give the podcast a five-star review, which helps me to get this message out into the ears and the hearts of those who can benefit from it. And I'll see you guys next episode.